This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1983, From Conflict to Compassion, Put Love Above Winning, by Sarah Benzman with tinybuddha.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Optimal Relationships Daily with me, your host and narrator, Greg Audino. I hope your weekend is off to a great start, and thank you so much for making the time to be here with us. In this episode, we'll be hearing from the Tiny Buddha blog, which is really popular and full of so many great insights that we share, not just here, but on all the shows throughout the network. This episode is about putting love above winning, which, as I'm sure you know, is a little important, (laughs) Uh, yet easier said than done. So let's get into this post now as we optimize your life. From Conflict to Compassion, Put Love Above Winning, by Sarah Benzman with tinybuddha.com. Quote, Let go of your attachment to being right, and suddenly your mind is more open. That's by Ralph Marston. When we face a conflict, we face an opportunity to learn from pain. It's like putting your hand against a hot burner on the stove. The burn warns you that you have to do something differently. You pull your hand back reflexively, and you don't touch that stove again. You've learned. As with the hot stove, if we get the lesson that is in front of us, we don't need to keep repeating that particular pain. Inconveniently, our natural inclination when we feel the sting of conflict is to outsource the blame, making it impossible to get the lesson and move on. This is such a strong tendency that many of us live in a constant or recurring experience with conflict. We have conflicts with our coworkers, our boss, our neighbors, the guy in front of us in line at the coffee shop, our partners, children, and parents. It's the same story running over and over. In its most basic form, the story is, I have been wronged by someone who does not see my value. They are self-centered and are not considering my point of view. Oddly enough, that is also the story we are acting out. We are refusing to see the other's point of view, maybe because it puts our own sense of self at risk. Who am I if I let go of my passionate perspective and wholly understand the other person's point of view? Will the world walk all over me if I don't stand up for my rights? Fundamentally, this fear is about a loss of ego. My outrage at my neighbor because he continually lets his dog out at 5.30 a.m. to bark is rooted in a desire to be right, to have my experience in the world validated. Of course, the pre-dawn barking disturbs my sleep. I don't want to discount that impact. But if this were an event that I chose or knew I couldn't control, I would accept it. For example, if I opted to live somewhere beautiful, knowing that there would be a 5.30 siren every day, I would manage that in my life, with earplugs or a different sleep pattern, and not feel indignant about it. But when I feel disregarded by the neighbor, I experience the pain of conflict. When I'm upset with my partner because he doesn't do enough housework, it's not because I'm in pain from doing too much housework. I'm in pain because I'm afraid he won't see my value, that he will take me for granted and not recognize my worth. That is a fear of losing ego. What can we do with this need to win in order to be seen? This very need is central to our primary drivers, and yet runs contrary to our best interests. As Leo Tolstoy wrote to Gandhi in 1908, In a letter to a Hindu, quote, On the one side, there is the consciousness of the beneficence of the law of love, 
and on the other, the existing order of life which has for centuries occasioned an empty, anxious, restless, and troubled mode of life, conflicting as it does with the law of love and built on the use of violence. This contradiction must be faced. End quote. It seems as though our very civilization is built on this tension between winning and loving. Tolstoy, optimistic about the resolution of this tension, believed love would rule eventually, if humans just got to the business of recognizing it and putting it at the forefront. I'm certainly not going to disagree with that lovely thought, but working with people in interpersonal conflict for many years has taught me that this is no small request. It's all well and good to point a finger at terrorists or fundamentalists or the target du jour. It's easy to see that they need to lay down their arms and love one another. But when it comes to the feud with the neighbor, the lack of recognition from the boss, the unjust lawsuit, the cheating spouse, or any of the other truly personal forms of conflict in our day-to-day lives, we take umbrage. For those matters, it seems critical that we receive acknowledgement of our unique experience. I'm learning that transcending this desire for rightness requires that we build a pathway out and that we cultivate that pathway, tend it, and keep it free of stumbling blocks. Here are four not-so-simple steps to tend that path. Number one, grow compassion. Let go of your perspective long enough to feel another person's pain. Practice this every day with small matters, like the person cutting in front of you in line, and increase to your miserable neighbor or needy mother. When you are annoyed by the screaming child on the plane, imagine what that parent must be feeling. Number two, release the need to be right. Consider the notion that there is no right in this situation, just two perspectives. We tend to think that our perspective is the truth, but recognizing that our rightness is tied to our biased perspective helps get us past our ego. Number three, take responsibility for yourself. Keep an eye out for what you bring to the situation that adds to the chaos. Overextending or having unclear expectations or boundaries can be as damaging as blaming or digging in your heels. And number four, accept what is. When you're in conflict with a person whose behaviors are unacceptable to you, you need to take care of yourself and let go of the desire for the other person to be different. You can't change that person, but you can change your relationship. Staying engaged and wanting them to be better is like putting a hand back on the stove and wanting it to be cool. The opportunity to grow in conflict comes when we accept the other person's limitations and take care of ourselves without feeling indignant, bitter, or self-righteous. If we can do that, we can broaden that path through the pain toward compassion. You just listened to the post titled, From Conflict to Compassion, Put Love Above Winning, by Sarah Benzman with tinybuddha.com. And thank you so much to Sarah for a really wonderful post, a post that we could all stand to benefit from. I really, really enjoy this one. It's always of value to analyze the feelings that reside beneath the surface when it comes to our confrontations. At the height of these arguments, we can really lose sight with what's going on underneath and react purely out of ego, as she mentioned, as I'm, and as I'm sure you can attest to. I liked her four steps at the end a lot, and I think one trick we can try to get ourselves more on board with those steps is to think about the things others do to upset us that we can guarantee to have done to others ourselves. 
Cutting someone off on the road is a really good example, right? How have you justified your behavior when doing that in the past? Maybe it was an accident. You were in a rush to get somewhere important. You didn't see the other car, etc. Right? Could be a lot of valid reasons. So try to remember that those same possibilities can be true for someone doing the same for you in any scenario. Think about all the ways certain actions you've taken could be misinterpreted and misunderstood, especially now after the fact when tempers are calm. The more you can check in with this stuff, even about little things like she, like she suggested, the more possibility there is for this mindfulness to become second nature and for you to naturally fall into it when in the heat of an argument. It's no easy task, but I trust you can do it. That's going to wrap things up for now, though, my friends. So as always, I hope you enjoyed this post and took something from it. I thank you for staying through to the end. And be sure to come on back again tomorrow for more ORD. That's where your optimal life awaits.